I simply have you put that cord through there and then mm-hmm. uh, it's done. Yes. I, Fixed it. It it doesn't match. I I've always complained and maintained that we are essentially the last generation. Or maybe even the only generation, because we're kind of like a middle ground between analog and digital, where we, in terms of digital, at least, technology, we had to learn to troubleshoot. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have the genius bar to go to. And I think it's made the younger generation kind of lazy, because it's always like something goes wrong, they take it to someone else to fix. So it's like, it always baffles me that the younger generation are not, they're not outdoing us when it comes to tech. They don't, like, why, like, my younger cousins... Are terrible when it comes to tech they don't know anything and i'm like you should be teaching me i shouldn't be teaching you but because they don't they're the generation where tech was served up to them it works like this it works like if it's broken bring it back to us whereas like the situation you just had now you know the, the younger generation would have been like well it doesn't work take it to a genius store California Nevada line, Peter Dinklage cleaning up dead bodies in a neighborhood, a journo in a war zone, all have in common? They are all trailers on this week's Bunch of Trailers presented by the Nerdy Bunch. I'm your host, The Yank. With me, as always, is English. What up, what up? What up, English? And remember, guys, like, subscribe, follow, shout out, respond to the Nerdy Bunch. Be part of the bunch. You're here for good content and world peace. Dave, let's get right into it. We'll get to all the semantics later. We got a lot of good trailers. We're starting to pump up that season. For a while there, we're kind of floating in the wind when it came to uh, trailers in the summer. You know, it's kind of like watching baseball. It's like it's on, but eh, it's not too exciting. Mm-hmm. But we're in the hunt of the Red October. Movie pun. Two points. Nice. All right. I like that. And we got some good trailers coming out. One that most people, I think, after the last series installment thought, hey, are they going to come back with the next one? And B, after this piece of crap that I just had to watch, do I want a next one? And of course, I'm talking about True Detective Season 3. Dave, take it away. Partner detectives investigate a macabre crime involving two missing children in the heart of Ozark, Arkansas. The story spans three decades. This, this third season is set to premiere January 19th on HBO. Stars Mahasha Ali, Carmen Ejogo, uh, Scoop McNeary. And uh, what's his name supposed to be in this? Uh, Steven Dorff as well. This is a teaser trailer. So it gave us, but I think it's a good teaser trailer. It gave us just enough that we needed to be like, okay. If I was, like you said, a lot of us jumped off the ship season two, even though it had stellar cast. Colin Farrell. What's his name? From Dodgeball. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Still a stellar cast. Still a stellar cast. No, what's her name too? Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Absolutely stole the show. Yeah, no, it, that's a that's still a stellar cast. I think season two suffered from the fact that um, season one director um, Kerry Fukunaga wasn't involved anymore. Uh, he kind of dropped off, and but he's back for season three. I don't think he's directing, but he's uh, back as executive producer, and so is Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. So that feels good. Um, based on this tra- teaser trailer alone, uh, my quick thoughts: I like the aesthetic. They brought the you know that kind of aesthetic back, um, like the. Synopsis says we see different time periods, so we see certain characters at different ages, which I think is really cool. Could be interesting how that's delivered to us. Um, obviously, Mahashala, I watch anything he does. At this point, he's someone that's constantly on my radar. 
uh, my only nitpick, and this is nitpick to the literally to the T, is that I'm not fond of his wig. Yes, <laughs> it looks definition nitpick. <laughs> it's like it's so jarring to me, and I hope like I get used to it or it gets better, because I'm just like, oh, that wig is so weird to me. But other than that, I'm totally down for this. You know, uh, take my subscription. I'll be watching this. Travis, what are your yeah. thoughts? Uh, you know, just to, just based off of the trailer alone, I thought it was actually a really good teaser trailer. Uh, you know, I think that there was a good amount of time separation between when I last saw anything come out of the true detective world. So, but to be objective about the trailer, um, overall, you get a good idea of kind of what Ali's character is going to be about. Like he's seen some stuff. It's right off the bat. Like he plays it with this kind of shock and awe type of eyes. Um, and then the, the devil was in the, the details and there's a lot of, there's a lot more audio cues than there were visual cues. And like you said, it was very good looking. The Ozarks is a really awesome scene. I don't know if you watched the Ozarks with, um, was it Jason Bateman? on Netflix. And if you hadn't seen it, I, I do recommend it. It's, it's good. It's not great, but it's good. Definitely worth a watch. Um, and yeah, it just left me asking a lot of questions. And as I, there's another trailer here that does the same thing. And I think that that's a really good, simple rubric to have when you're watching a trailer is, are you asking questions or aren't you asking questions? I think that if a trailer has got you asking questions, it's first, you know, it's check the first box, especially in a, tre- a teaser trailer. So I do, I've got a bunch of questions of this one is like, you know, he, he says a line, my, my whole brain is a bunch of missing pieces. Hmm. Okay. So that makes me ask, does he have like, you know, is it a amnesia schism type thing? I mean, the cuts between him as an old man and a younger man, which is, you know, kind of the motif of true detective. Not so much season two, though. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's a three-decade. You know, does he's, is, is he involved in it? Like, we see him closing a body, um, unsolved cases. Does he have, you know, does he end up being uh, implicated? Like, kind of the, that gray area that we saw in season one. So it does look like it's getting back to its roots. Uh, I think we could go on talking about why the second one was... Uh, a little lackluster and I think that was due to scheduling and 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 you know showrunners not being on the show anymore but I digress this was a good trailer good teaser trailer I'm excited to see more of the trailers uh it's definitely got a pilot watch for me I'm not I'm not gonna just out of one bad season give up on the show because if that were the case no hmm. one would have ever watched The Wire <laughs> season three because season two was just abysmal Anyhow, and I think what, I liked it. I think what it's got going for it in terms of when you just mentioned coming back for season three, I think one of the, the, the good things it has going for it is that each season is standalone. You know, so even if you didn't mm-hmm. watch season two based on bad recommendations, you can jump on board in season three and I think you'd be okay. You know, it's a completely different location, completely different set of characters. It's more just the the tone of it that crosses over. It's, this is more like an anthology series, if anything. You know? So I appreciate that. Yeah, and I like the fact that it's it's at different time periods, spanning three decades. You know, because I feel like if you like you said, this man has seen things, he's gone through things, and imagine now, I imagine that 
the investigation takes three decades so as he's older he still kind of feels responsible like i didn't catch this person or i did solve this case you know and like how does that affect this man going through you know some of these kind of people they get obsessed with trying to figure out a case and so like you, it's almost like a game of wits or trying to figure out something and it's taking 30 years and you still haven't figured it out i can imagine that just eats at you you know and, oh it has you know, to yeah. right it absolutely has to yeah i'm interested I'd, like you said this is definitely gets a pilot watch from me 100 percent. 100%. And then, you know, taking it episode by episode. Then that's kind of how I did season two and left it on the... I didn't watch the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only episode I had left and I didn't watch the season finale. I've done that with a couple shows. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. Hey, no, I'm no. the kind of person that, you know, if a show starts to suck, I have no problems with stopping. I'm not that person like, oh, I started it, so I'll finish it. Nope. If you suck, then you suck. Sorry. If ye horrible, ye horrible. Yep. Hey, a man's got to have a code, right? You right, got to exactly. live by a code. There's too much good stuff out there. I can't spend time finishing stuff I know it sucks. There's too much good stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. Too much good stuff that this nerdy bunch is producing. So, guys, I want to take the time to tell you about what we've been doing since we've last come up with each other. We've got reviews. We've got a rooftop talk. All right, We've got things out there for your ear holes to consume. Right, Dave? Yeah. Oh, we are producing every day of the week, Monday to Friday. There's something. Every day of the week. We're every like day. CNN. Yep. Well, we the take. Dirty Bunch News Network. Exactly. And we take weekends off because it's a weekend. That's right. <laughs> Respect the Sundays. And remember, guys, you can follow us at the Nerdy Bunch. Info at the Nerdy Bunch. Follow us on all the Instagrams. Like, subscribe, share. Your mama wants to know about us. Next one, I personally like, Dave. It's very much a me film. It's a one set film, it looks like, with people coming into it. I like that stuff. And uh, this one is called Bad Times at the El Royale. Seven strangers, each with a secret to bury, meet at a rundown hotel in Lake Tahoe in 1960s California. Over the course of a fateful night, they all get one last shot at redemption before everything goes wrong. This stars Chris Hemsworth, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, and Jeff Bridges, directed by Drew Goddard, who gave us Cabin in the Woods. He also worked on the Daredevil um, Netflix series. He also did um, The Good Place, which is a great series. And upcoming, he's got the X-Force movie. So this is someone that's doing a lot of cool stuff. And like you said, Travis, yes, I am super, super excited for this. I think this is a great trailer. Um... We had a teaser trailer before, and this is still almost like a teaser trailer because what I like is that it does it gives us more, but it doesn't give us more than just the setup. You know, it just gives us the setup and leaves us with that. Um, the music was great. I love I love that it was cut to. Um, uh, can't take my eyes. Off yeah, can't take my eyes with you. I uh, done really well. Um, like you mentioned before, I love that the concept is this hotel on the Nevada California um, border that could lead to some cool uh, stuff. Um, like the trailer shows, not everyone is who they seem, huh? I like when uh, Jeff Bridges is like, shit happens, get whiskey. I feel like that's the best line <laughs> in the entire thing. That I have that line already. It's, it's shit happens, get the whiskey might be, I want to make it into a shirt. Seriously, that is the best line. Um, there are moments where you can definitely tell. Did you ever see Cabin in the Woods? Uh, no. Oh, okay. That's your next movie. Watch for the next week. Cabin in the Woods is a fantastic um, deconstruction of the horror genre you know 
Oh yeah, this is the one where it's like a game show, yes. right? And it's brilliantly yeah. done Isn't because Bill Hader in Cabin in the Woods. No, 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 no. No. No, no, not Bill Hader. No. <laughs> Wrong, totally wrong movie. No, Cab in the Woods, <laughs> I, I won't tell you too much. It's one of those movies, again, that if you, the less you know, the better. But it is a deconstruction on... Basically, you know, over the last 20 or 30 years, horror movies becomes a certain kind of animal for for better, but more for worse, right? As a whole, right? Outside of just little things here and there. But what he did with Cab in the Woods, where he took all the negative stereotypes that we've gotten to know from horror and spun them in a way that works so well that says, well, this is why horror has become this way. And I think it's brilliantly done. And this kind of reminds me of that, that I feel like as much as we've seen stuff from the trailer, there's a lot that we don't know. And that's what I love about Drew Goddard. He's very good at putting that spin of hooking you without telling you everything. So I'm super excited for this. Travis, your thoughts? I got a lot of them, Dave. I got a lot of them. I did some note-taking on this one. Um... First off, I think the motif, the symbolic motif, is going to be as if everyone sat down to a poker table, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be their poker face, which is the first coming acts, then the tell, which will probably be the middle of the movie, and then at the end, we're going to see who wins the game. Because as Hemsworth character states in the trailer, is that it's a game. Mm-hmm. So quite clearly, they've all come to the table and I think that there's going to be some motifs within there, too. If everyone does have a tell and, not, and everyone's basically lying, there's got to be one genuine person hmm. who I have as uh, Cynthia Erivo's character. Yeah, yeah. Arrivo, perhaps. She's more of the innocent singer, hmm. or so this trailer portrays it. But it's a great trailer because it starts off with, like, you know, welcome to the, you know, John Ham's like, welcome to the hotel. And everyone's kind of, like, happy. But there's a quick thing there, like, the first scene we see is the car speeding in. Mm-hmm. It's not just driving in. It is like escaping from someone, mm-hmm. you know? So it's coming to this hotel. John Ham's like, you know, welcome to the hotel. Everything's very light and whatnot. And then um, and then you start seeing little pieces. Like John Ham's like, I've always wanted to stay in the honeymoon suite and I'm not on my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. His little, and then the and then the sound then the uh, music comes in and the tone changes. And then you start seeing people understanding other people, like a game of Clue. Um, oh, what's his name? Tillman's character uh, says, this is no place for a priest. Okay, so he's seeing a tell. You know, and the trailer shifts over to the early antagonist, who is maybe Chris Hemworth's character. Hmm. You know, and he's kind of, he's got the, comes in with the rain and whatnot. But then we see that management might actually be because the, the house always wins, right? If we yeah. think of this as a casino, the house always wins. So management is going to win overall, right? Like the existential people. I um, mean, we hear about management. It's like they, management is making me watch you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone's there for a reason, right? To try to break the bank or whatever have you. And there's little things. There's little like, you know, if you stop the trailer, you see that Tillman's character is a, what seems to be a Vietnam vet or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's all about these like personas, and I think that is so awesome mm. as uh, as kind of the overall symbolic thing. Uh, so, and then it goes all the way to you know it escalates, escalates, and then kind of drops and gives us the the title. Mm. So overall, is a fantastic trailer. It makes me want to see it day one, like day one. Can I tell you, Chris Hemsworth is really turning out to be quite the actor. He's got quite the variety. Yeah, he's got range, man. Because he he can be Thor, he can be fucking hilarious. 
And is Chris, is Chris Hemsworth, I won't say the new, but tell me if you're feeling this. Is he, uh, is he a Heath Ledger? I mean, I mean, I can see where you're going. Thank you. I can. I can see where you're going. That, that kind of range where you don't think they have the range and then they surprise you by really getting into the range. Like he seems really into this role. You know, and he's, he, he seems like really put his all into this. I, in fact, he's really a huge selling point as well for me for this, with the with a cast of good actors. Yeah. And it, Speaking of good actors too, you know who's not in, not shown, but is uh, he's got he's in the title card. Who? Nick Offerman. Oh yeah. From Parks and Rec. Oh nice. He's in this movie, oh, interesting. As part of the title card, but he was not shown in the trailer. So maybe he is management. I was gonna say maybe he's management, and with that whole management uh, feel. It kind of, again, it reminds me of The Cabin in the Woods. I won't spoil it for you, but there's moments in The Cabin in the Woods that kind of has a similar motif about somebody watching mm-hmm. you. And yeah, just like the big brother type yeah, of Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, Drew Goddard, he he does some great stuff. Um, like I said, he was a reason why, the ne- one of the reasons why Netflix Daredevil was really good. He was a showrunner at one point. Mm-hmm. And um, he's worked a lot with J.J. With, uh, Abrams as well in the past. And uh, yeah, this looks great from a visual standpoint, from the music standpoint, from a cast standpoint, story. This is one of those that's hitting all the all the beats that I wanted to hit. But like we said, it as a trailer specifically, it gave us just enough. Yeah, super engaging. Yeah, super. You know, asking questions, <clears throat> intrigue. It's a great mm. trailer. Yeah, I approve. And speaking of management and people watching people, Shane, don't think we forgot about you. Seriously, Shane. We haven't we forgotten about you. But we're watching. Oh my God, you. Shane is management. But we're also watching you, Shane. Oh yeah. Who's really management? Who who, who manages the management? That's right. <laughs> who produces the producer? <laughs> Onto our next trailer. Great segue. I think we're alone now. Dell is alone in the world. After the human race is wiped out, he lives in his small, empty town, content in his solitude and a utopia he's methodically created for himself. Until he's discovered by Grace, an interloper whose history and motives are obscure. Worse yet, she wants to stay. This hits theaters September 21st, 2018 and stars Dakota Fanning, Starring Peter Dinklage, we saw a teaser trailer, a very, very good teaser trailer a few weeks ago that we spoke about uh, that already got us intrigued. But I think with this one, I'm even more intrigued. But Travis, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts? Why, thank you so much. My first thoughts is the biggest... I didn't even know that was Dakota fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. I, didn't even, I, I mean, I didn't even look it up. Like, I, I didn't know it was the Dinklage. I was like, oh, who's this? D- Dakota Fanning, welcome back. Wait, um, is it Dakota Fanning or is it Elle Fanning? I think it might be her, the younger sister. Let me make sure, Shane. There's two Fannings. Yeah, yeah. No, there's multiple. It's, it's, there's yeah, multiple it's, Fannings. It's, it's in the sister. Things? Yeah, Elf Fanning. My fault. Elf Fanning is in this. Elf. Her name's Elf. No, L E L L E. Elf Fanning. Yes. You know, in Spanish, that means the Fanning. <laughs> <laughs> Starring the Fanning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's actually Dakota. Maybe like they're not two sisters. The Fanning just might be a, a singular thing. The Fanning sounds like a sounds like a M Night Shyamalan movie, right? <laughs> the Fanning. Oh gosh, just zingers. All right, 
Um, my thoughts again. So this is what I was talking about with uh, True Detective's um, trailer. Is that if you're asking questions, it's got it's a rubric for a good trailer. And this has got me asking so many questions. Um, the trailer itself, uh, my little my little uh, enjoyment of good text. I liked how the first text you see is haunting, then the sound comes in, and then the two other texts come at the uh, the corner of the screens like. That show that's just not a scary movie. It's like, you know, extremely intriguing. Um, and so what do we know from this trailer? Well, Pete, I guess, is cleaning up the town, methodically going through and, and digging graves. So it goes back to that utopian style, like he's designing he's designing his world now. Uh, but, you know, that, that's pretty much kind of the only character build we have on him is that he... Lives alone. He cleans up the town and en- methodically. And enjoys living uh, alone. He kind of wants this he, life. He, yeah. He seems like he's perfectly fine with it. Yeah. It, it Maybe he's gone in insane or or whatever have you. I hope that's... And I the root of what happened is the causing of the insanity. And they ask a lot of questions. Is like, you know... And actually, if you go back and listen to the trailer, all of the, you know, 90% mm-hmm. of the vocals are questions. It mm-hmm. says, you know where she came from where have you come from what's wrong with you um you know want to know what you're doing when it happened uh and it's it's and then finally it says it's time to go back home so who's away who is you know what is the reason that peter's in this seemingly random town why is she there did she know he was there like there's just so many questions that lead up to it and they kudos to the trailer like it's if you took the same rubric, if you took the same strategy for other trailers, be like, guys, we're going to kind of limited audio. You know, there's not they're intriguing shots, but there's really no action in anything besides him burying certain uh, graves and whatnot. Um, all of it accumulated into a trailer of great anticipation. So overall, uh, two for two on their trailers. I don't know if I even need to need another one. Nope. You know, I'm good. I'm cool with (laughs) this one and I'm waiting to see it. Yeah, no, I I really like this trailer a lot. Um, Like the first trailer, it gave us a good sense of emptiness. You know, like you really felt like even if you weren't told something's happened, you kind of feel that sense of everyone's disappeared for some reason. Um, Yeah, they do mention, you know, uh, why, how did you survive? Why aren't you dead? So I want to know what happened. What killed everyone? Is it a virus? Or do people just drop dead for no reason? You know, what what happened to people? And why are these two the only ones that survived? Why didn't they die? We see a scene where Elle Fanning is looking at her neck and she has a scar at the back of her neck. You know, I feel like, does that mean something? I don't know. Why show us? It must mean something. I love the line where she says to him, anyone ever told you you're kind of a weird guy? And he's like, yeah, but they're all dead now. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> um, this looks like one of those films that's going to have great performances from the two of them. Well, apparently to, from the accolades that are the candy drops on it, uh, Pete gives a, you know, immensely awesome performance, which he's awesome all the time. Yes. He's just, he truly is one of the best actors out there right now. Yeah. No, I, I'm super excited. My, I have a couple of concerns though. And this is just, mm, this is just tell. based, this is just based on how other movies tend to go. Not necessarily because of this movie. A couple of things. I hope she's not a figment of his imagination. Because I feel like that'd be too obvious. It's a cop out. Yeah, it's a cop out where you find out that he was imagining her the whole time. And I also hope, like, 
you know, when that's like line you mentioned earlier was like, oh, you need to come back. I hope he's not like in some limbo dream state and he's secretly in a coma and she's talking to him outside of it. You're like, come back, come back, that kind of stuff. That's, those are my two concerns that I hope, I hope that everything that we're seeing is real. I don't want to turn out like, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, but other than that, I, I am excited for this. I, I, like I said earlier, I like the idea. Usually in these kind of stories, it's somebody who doesn't want to be alone. Even if they, when, if they go crazy, they, they're longing for companionship, for someone else to be there. But he doesn't want someone else to be there. In fact, that's the problem from his point of view is that there's somebody here. You know, he was a dick before. And now, you know, when they said you're a weird guy and he's like, oh, they're all dead now. It's almost like he's like, well, yep, those people that didn't like me, they're dead. Good riddance. I'm happy that I don't have to have anyone bothering me anymore. You know, and so. Yeah, let's, let's think of the, I mean, let's just think of the title within itself. I think we are alone now. When you ask that question, you're most likely trying to escape something. Hmm. You know, I th- you're questioning, are we alone now? As if there were points in time where you, you know, concerned about the same thing and that didn't turn out to be true. Hmm. And, you know, it's not, I think I'm alone now Sweet. or alone now. It's we're alone now. And- so I agree with you, though, is that I hope it isn't a figment of his imagination hmm. or anything of the like, because as it, in a, you know, emotionally as an audience, it's a very dead end, hmm. you know, is to say, oh, he was thinking of it the entire time. Hmm. Like, either you're depressed after that or you're happy after that. You know, the best ending in most recent years of cinema I think a lot of people can agree is the end of Inception. I you know? knew you were going to say that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's one of the best endings because you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know how to feel. I hope it's one way. I hope yeah. it's another way. You know, that's what I think we should all want hmm. out of these kind of psycho types of films. And yeah, to you, it's like if he's in a coma or anything else, it's like, eh. yeah, it feels like a cop out. It's, it's, it's a cop out. Yeah, yeah I agree. But again, from what we see, I feel like the create the writers, directors seem like smarter kind of people, you know. And this is this is based on other films, not based on this trailer. So I feel like they're doing something unique and different. So I think that will carry on over through the entire film, just being unique and different. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm totally down to see this. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think we're alone now. When does that drop? That drops not too long, a couple of weeks, September twenty first. Ooh. Yeah. So this is a timely piece, isn't it? Uh, this next one, everybody, is called a private war. Dave, not a pub, not a public war. No, not public <laughs> one. No, very private, private exclusive, war. in fact. Yeah. Uh, celebrated war correspondent Mary Colvin is a woman who is as comfortable downing martinis with a high society's elite as she is brazenly staring down warlords and fleeing from gunfire. Driven by an enduring desire to bear witness and give voice to the voiceless, Colvin charges into danger, constantly testing the limits between bravery and bravado. This stars, uh, what's her name? Damn it, I lost her name. Oh, this stars Rosamund Pike and is set for release November 2nd, 2018. Travis, you, uh, this sounds weird, I was going to say, but you you are like a war movie aficionado. You're a war reporter back in the day, Trav. I was going to be like, you love, you love wars, don't you, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> 
but I mean, like, it's kind of like every time I see like a war movie, a war set movie, I think of you. Um, mostly, mostly for like historical. Love war that. Stuff. That's on record. <laughs> but I mean, mostly for historical war stuff, not necessarily um, modern ish wars. But I feel like this is this is something might be up your alley in terms of the time. Well, yeah. Yeah. What are your it's, thoughts? It's a completely timely piece um, for those who aren't familiar with uh, Mary Colvin's life. She was a distinguished war reporter who was killed in action. Um, she reported on th- on war zones like Chechnya, Kosovo, Sierra Leone, Zimbabwe, Sri Lanka, and Easter Timor. Um, so as, as wars go, she's been in this shit. <laughs> um, so lots of credibility here. Uh, you know, walking out of this trailer and... It's a very timely trailer given the current uh, temperature towards journalists hmm. um, in our in our own political country currently. Uh, tell me if this it felt like the American sniper for journalists, <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, uh, not a hyper patriotic, but. It certainly had that feel. Mm. And the only thing missing from the total of this like trailer was the fact that it's Oh, it is coming out in November. Mm. I'm getting the first man's out coming out in October. Uh, but this has, you know, got an office. Mm. And I'm not trying to be skeptical on it, but I, I do get the relevancy. I think it's pertinent too, because we do forget the risks that especially war reporters take. Yep. You know, especially war reporters. But before I go into all that, uh, the trailer alone, I didn't really like the trailer. On its face, there's nothing wrong with it besides the fact that through my rubric, it was pretty plain, right? So action-based trailer, action, 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 like you're in a war zone, we understand. Um, the, the, the music that, you know that style of music that are now just like common in trailers? That's like replaced the trailer voiceover <laughs> you know instead of like in a world <laughs> where journalists go into war zones it's now like build up crash symbol daunting music like that is that's how you know you're watching a trailer <laughs> um so i followed that um exciting story nonetheless but it didn't provoke me in any questioning way it didn't, it didn't lead me to you know want to know more about the character it led me more about seeing how she went through these trivial war zones which is not a um it's not a critique on what the movie could be right because it can totally be opposite of what the trailer is but as a trailer review i didn't enjoy the trailer as much because it was just like all right we're gonna rev it up to 60 right away and it's gonna be 60 all the way through and then title and for that, uh, I lost excitement very quickly. And it, you know, I, I just think there's not as much to talk about besides the relevance of it. Mm. But I don't know if that's what the trailer's office is. The trailer's to get you into the seat. And if it weren't for the fact that it's a true story and the nuance that could be provided in the film, I think based off this trailer, it just, it was too much overall so that said though it didn't really dissuade me from not wanting to see this movie so i'm kind of in conflict to say well did it do its office or not i just think that it went the easy way of doing trailers and i kind of knock it for that Hmm. but 
Senor Tucci is in it. Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang, Tucci gang. You know, so A pluses on that. Yeah, no, um, I yeah, I kind of somewhat agree with some of the things you've said. I think there's a separation between the trailer and the movie. I think, like you said, the trailer took the easy way route. It uses music to try and get you emotionally invested. It's kind of like I call it Oscar bait music. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, and this feel like an Oscar bait trailer. Um, but that being said, I am still interested in the in the in the the story they want to tell about the character. Like you said, uh, this is based on a real life person, or, you know, who existed, and so that's what makes it that much more interesting. And this is probably the most interested I've been in Rosamund Pike. She was in Gone Girl. She was in, uh, in James Bond. She's done a couple of stuff, but I've never really been into it. But I think this one, she's really showing some acting chops. Um, they are pushing for the intensity and the emotional toll on it. What intrigues me is that it seems like, you know, based on the synopsis in the trailer, it's focused on the addiction that she has to go to these places. You know, there's a line that she says, I see it so you don't have to. So it's almost like she's put it upon herself to protect us from the the, the, the grim reality of right, war. And she feels she feels compelled to go to Yeah, it exactly, also. exactly. Completely compelled. And and um and that's something that, you know, Tucci Gang even brings up, you know, like, you're addicted to this, you know, like, come back, you keep, you're falling deeper and deeper and deeper. And how far can you go? How far can you go and survive this? And on that level, I am interested. But like, he's like, I agree, the trailer itself was trying too hard. And I think it could have been more subtle. You know, it could have totally it, you could have played the trailers in a subtle way. You didn't need this like crazy, like you could have had an explosion that wasn't this big loud bang it could be more subtle with it you know like and i know the explosion happens where she loses the eye and they, this is kind of the intensity should have been in the emotion not the other aspects of the trailer the, right they, they shot it like an action film yeah exactly like like a the trailer real war. was portrayed like an action film where i i don't think it's going to be that no way. no you know like think of think of the subtle trailers that kicked ass like think of hurt locker yeah yeah and even right? hurt locker had great trailers because there was it was a subtle, intense moment of diffusing a bomb. Yeah, and like like Hurt Locker is a, actually a great example because Hurt Locker, like this, is a movie that's more about the emotional sides of the character. It's more of a character-driven story. It's not necessarily about the war environment. It's more about the characters themselves. I mean, this is titled A Private War. You know, I read that as an internal war and a personal struggle, and the trailer should have kind of enhance that show us that it's an internal thing and it it plays with it you know with those lines about being compelled and addicted but i think the trailer whoever cut the trailer could have been more subtle it should have been a more somber trailer but like you said that being said it is a movie that i will probably check out i may not rush to see it it's out when uh november 2nd what else is coming out november 2nd i want to quickly see whatever i can't bother to check anyway there's probably a whole bunch coming out like i said this is a movie that um i'm not necessarily now she gets an oscar for this (laughs) I mean, she she could get nominated. I could see her getting nominated. With, it's with, such an academy movie, right? I mean, it's it's about journalists in yep. a probably the worst time to be a journalist in America. Yep. The risks <laughs> that they take. You know, like this is, but it, it, but that's a great. You know, that's it's it's one of those movies that, and I think I'm I'm having a a kind of toned down negative 
idea of this movie just because I didn't like the trailer. But if this was cut any other way, I can totally see myself being like, yes, this is an ex- exceptional trailer for what a movie should, you know, should, you know, showing the risks of journalists and they put their lives on the line um, to give us the news and to be able to show what the, you know, the suffrage around the world, you know, like there's just, and I think that's where this was a missed opportunity for the trailer is like a different cut of it changes the perception like we're walking away from this being like it was an action trailer Mm. with Mm. what could be an interesting story attached to it you take a subtle route and you're like this is a thought-provoking analysis of what world you know what journalists put themselves through to give to our benefit yeah right yeah and and just you know if they cut it again cut it again i think that there's something that could be something to re-review it'd be interesting if they do if they take a different cut of this and it comes out just to do a comparison might be an interesting thing to fall back on because I think that this was a missed opportunity, but I also think it's going to get people to the theater because if you're sitting there from a boardroom and you're not thinking of English and the Yank over here, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting nuance and, and compelling trailers, you're like, how do we get most of America in to see a movie about a war reporter? Hmm. Let's show a lot of war. Yeah. Yeah, it feels right. like that. Though it's going to have some stiff competition. I just checked. Do you know what comes out the same day? Uh, you've got Disney's The Nut ca- Nutcracker, um, The Four Realms, which I think the kids would like. But you've also got, more importantly, Bohemian Rhapsody, which, uh, oh, gosh. yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's going to steal the show. That Dude, day. that trailer came out so long ago that I expected it to be out, like, now-ish, but it's, I didn't realize yeah. it's still in November. Yeah, that comes out the same day, so I don't know. that. I think Bohemian Rhapsody might take the top spot. I feel like... Um, a Private War will be the kind of film for me personally that if it gets some kind of nomination or kind of accolades at award season, it'd be those films that, you know, when like two weeks before the Oscars, you're rushing to watch everything. <laughs> That's why I feel like it's going to be on that list of like, ah, oh, crap, the Oscars in like two weeks. This was nominated. I have to watch it now. And I think, you know, yeah. that's probably how I may watch it, but I will watch it. I don't know if I'm going to rush to watch it, but I will watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And uh, speaking of Oscar bait, which I'm only trepidly stepping because of the release date, but nonetheless, uh, this has Oscar buzz all over it too. Our next one we're jumping into is First Man. A look at the life of the astronaut Neil Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led him to become the first man to walk on the moon on July 20th, 1969. This will be released on October 12th, 2018 and stars Ryan Gosling, directed by Damon Chazelle, who gave us, um, what's that movie called? Crap. Uh, Whiplash and um, La La Land, uh, which are two great movies. That being said, I like this trailer. I'll tell you the. This, I have good and bad. First. Okay, I felt the same way. Um, I like the line where he says, "We gotta fail down here, so we don't fail up there." You know, I like that. It looks pretty. It looks beautiful. Um, Damien Chazelle has a, a really. He's always very good at giving us pretty looking films. With uh, quick, quick cuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He loves his quick cuts. Um, he, Ryan Gosling again. He's working with him again. He worked on him with him in La La Land, and. 
you know, I like the idea that it's playing with these things of like sacrifice and having to tell your family like, hey, I have to go on this thing and I may not come back. And that pressure that, you know, that's put on you. However, and this is a very personal thing. Do I care to see this story? You know, like, I feel like I don't. You know, like, okay, but um, Neil Armstrong went on the moon. We've seen other movies that kind of portray the actual moon landing itself. But this seems to be focused on everything about this man. It's not even like, it doesn't feel like it's it's looking into, like, the scientific side of NASA and how they had to do all that kind of stuff. It's more about the personal journey of this person. And to be honest, I it's I'm not interested in seeing that story. And I, I'm very, a, a lot of my friends know this. No matter how good a film is, and this doesn't speak to the quality of a film, if I don't care for the story, I don't need to know the story, it doesn't, it takes a lot to really bring me in. And I feel like, okay, I already know the beats, you know, because we know he went to the moon. You know that he he kind of, he did all that stuff. So it's like, okay, there's going to be intense moments where there's going to be battling between the family and his wife and all that kind of stuff. And they're going to survive. And it's like, okay, what else What else am I going to see in this film, Travis? Tell me. What else does this film have to offer outside of what we've already seen? Can I watch two hours of this? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, it will probably definitely do well in uh, theaters. And like you said, this is definitely Oscar bait, 100%. You know, he... He got he got upstaged by um, Moonlight last year, and Damon Chazelle's coming back. He's like, "Damn it, this year <laughs> I have to give an Oscar this year and, and all that stuff." And I don't know, it's not a film I'm gonna r- rush to watch. Though I wouldn't be surprised if it does turn out good. Dave, I am in almost complete agreeance with you. Um, well, you know, when I was doing my notes here, I kind of. I kind of led myself to my conclusion. Hmm. Uh, at first, I was like, you know, if, is this is this about the actual moon landing? And as I watched it the first time through, I was like, I don't like this trailer. This is like, this isn't about the. This seemed too dramatic for like this achievement of man. And I'm, you know, sometimes hmm. people are like, how can we take these achievements and make them into extremely dramatic, um, yeah. you know, dramatic. Films, which is why I really liked uh, the women that worked for NASA. Yeah, Hidden Oscar. Figures. So, Hidden Figures. That was, was great. It was fantastic because it wasn't some daunting, no. you know, like task. No. It was like you know, uplifting, you know, portrayal of, yeah. of the heroes of the women behind there. So, but so th- in that sense, I was like, this is so dramatic. It's you know, this is an achievement of even just a man, and then then you know, kind of the the obvious staring you in the face is like, okay, well, this is about the first man. This is a personal story about Neil Armstrong and his trials and tribulations and the risks and what happened with the family and et cetera. Um, that said, Dave, I am kind of with you. I don't really know if I, if I care enough about the story. I mean, it's mm. intriguing, mm. but eh, I don't know. Mm. You know, like I, it seems something that an older generation will want to know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I you agree know, with you like, on that one. Trying to, I'm trying to think of a, trying to think of a variable or a, a related thing in our own time that was extremely exploratory, uh, but frankly, there hasn't really been anything <laughs> in space within our time to kind of exalt that into uh, the first generation. We can, we can have Mars. we can have the first the the personal story about the Mars rover, <laughs> <laughs> and how it's all alone on Mars by itself. Uh, it's like Wally in real life. 
hey, Disney's redoing all their stuff. I wouldn't imagine that we're going to yeah. get like a real life Wally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, and and it'll be nice to. Uh, it could be interesting if, if it's. I don't know. I, I I don't I'm not running to go see no. this even if Ryan Gosling pulls off like the best acting of his career I just I just, I just don't it care. just seems too dramatic for me yeah it's I don't need not to know that I want to go see I don't need to know the the marital relationship between Buzz Aldrin I mean Neil Armstrong and his wife I don't care <laughs> like why am I seeing that like why am I seeing how his children so, reacted I I, I don't overall care. I guess this for us at least didn't really do its office. In but, terms of a trailer, but I feel like for those who do care, it could be an interesting, fun movie. I, I I'm not knocking the quality of it. Damien Chazelle is a great director; he does a good job, and uh, in his past films, and as a film, I think it'll be well made. I think it'll be well put together. You can uh, see a lot of like really good sequences of scenes of being like, all right, well, this is what it takes. You know, I, I guess an interesting perspective of what may we're missing here. Is we're thinking of the to- to, like the total beats of like seeing a man who needs to go through the you know trials and tribulations of his wife, and maybe that's not too exciting. But we could get into the mindset of the first, you know, the quintessential guy who's going to be the first of humanity. Well, mm. not the first. Well, on the moon, yes, there was a Russian that went to space beforehand. Yeah. But um, the moon landing within mm. itself, it's like okay, you're going to learn. You're going to do this, and like here's the, you know. We saw a little bit of his training and just like to see what, how do you get into the head and the role of being like, I'm doing something that is so rare within the human consciousness and expectation um, that you can't fathom it. You know, you really can't. And we didn't quite get that with uh, even Martian or Mm -hmm. even perhaps um, uh, the movie with it's it's a Nolan movie. Oh, um, Interstellar. Interstellar, right? Yeah. So I think that could be interesting. Do you know? Uh, but yeah. That's, do you know that's what I would have found interesting. more interesting? You mentioned it just now about the Russians. I think it would be interesting if you focus on the political climate. Because, you know, I think sometimes a lot of people who don't study history. Space race. Yeah. A lot of people who don't study history don't realize the importance of why America needed to get there first. Mm-hmm. From a political standpoint. You know, because the Russians had, like you said, they got into space first. So now the Americas had to show their kind of side of power. Like, we need to get to the moon. You know, as much as it was pushed as it needs to be this kind of new era for mankind, it wasn't about that. It was political reasons. This was purely politically motivated. And I think that could have been more interesting to see. Um, And how that weighs on this crew. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think I'm calling it right now. This movie is going to end with the line, one small step for man and end. Like, it's going to end with him just touching on the moon, and then that's it. I'm calling it right now. Mark my words. You guys heard it here first. Yeah. And it'll be <laughs> nice to see that. Uh, it'll be nice to see the Hollywood footage get revamped into HD because the moon landing was shot in Hollywood. <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> it's just like we're pulling out the HD footage and putting it on screen now. Re- remastered. Who's got the moon landing in the back? Bring it up. We're going to put it with Ryan Gosling. Make a million bucks and he's going to get an Oscar. (laughs) Cut it. Print it. Oscars 2019. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Overall, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Nice. Well, guys, unfortunately, we don't have a look back trailer this week because Shane... Shane, what are you doing, Shane? Yeah, Shane. Shane? No, I think sometimes I was mentioning before. Sometimes you know, we we 
we kind of have been spoiled in the last um, five to t- almost ten years now, where we're constantly having movies released almost on a weekly basis. But you know, there was a time ten, twenty years ago where films weren't released as often, and with our look back trailers, we're always trying to find trailers for movies that were released this, this like that same week. And this week, 10 and 20 years ago, there really wasn't anything important. You know, there was a time where, guess what, guys? There was a time where September season was dry. You know, we're spoiled now. <laughs> you know, and, and It's true. So, In my childhood, the only season to really get excited for was December. Exactly, exactly. You know, there was a time where, and this is how, like, movies like Titanic were able to be, like, number one for, like, 12 weeks, where you'd only get, like, one major movie in the summer. Like, you were looking forward to that one big blockbuster film, and that's all you got. Now we're just getting... Every week there's something, there's something. So yeah, that's why there's no look back trailers because there's nothing significant to look back on. Well, isn't that, that's kind of depressing. <laughs> so so our future selves, 10, 20 years from now, will have a whole bunch of stuff to look, look back that's on. That's true. We could just do a podcast of look back trailers. You're right. That's, that's all we're going to do because Dave and I are going to be doing this until we're freaking in the graves. Right. Um, well, well, let's take the time to kind of uh, get them caught up and maybe something that uh, what are you watching these days, Dave? What, what Ooh, are you, Travis, what's intriguing I'm watching, you? Um, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, I have a new animated series in the same vein that you should definitely check out. It's called Final Space. Uh, it's an animated series. It's hilarious. Produced by Conan O'Brien, actually. Um, Ooh. I won't tell you too much because the plot itself is is kind of a spoiler. Should check it out, but it's an animated comedy series. I liken it to like a mix between Guardians of the Galaxy and Rick and Morty, with mm. with the humor of Guardians of the Galaxy and the the dry wit and visuals and just surprising science of Rick and Morty. It takes like and, it takes it. You know, like Rick and Morty, it takes it to like a different level. You're like, oh shit, they went there. Yeah, this goes there. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. Um, I got hooked on it. Uh, you should definitely check it out. I think it's on Netflix. But yeah, um, if you can get if you can get hold of it, search for it. Final space. The episode's about it's animation, so about twenty minute episodes. Highly, highly recommended. I was at uh, Travis. I was at Koki's house yesterday. I was trying to convince him to watch it. He's like, no, no, no. So I forcefully put it on, and he got hooked. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, also, starting today, as we're recording this on um, August thirty first, uh, the new Amazon's new Jack Ryan series is airing. Jim Halpert. Yes, I'm going to be. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of the Jack Ryan series. Uh, Jack Ryan character has been played by Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin, and Chris Pine, and um, I'm looking forward to this one. So I'm going to be checking that out this weekend. So if it's good, through movies, yeah, a whole bunch of movies. Remember the movie uh, Clear and Present Danger or Air Force One? Yeah, those are the characters of Jack Ryan. And most recent film was. Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit with Chris Pine. Chris, Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. This is a character who started off as an FBI analyst and he found some shit and then he ends up going in the field and ultimately becomes the president of the United States. It's based so on is a... This, is this like his inception story probably? Um, this is basically, yeah, looking at like the beginning of it. It's, just, it's actually, Travis, you'd like this. The character is created by Tom Clancy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so... Uh, um, Tommy C. <laughs> I, I'm Why very... doesn't he have a universe? Yeah, he I mean, does. He does have a universe, he right? Does, he does. Like, yeah, it's called Call of Duty. No, which is it Call of Duty? No, Splinter Cell. No, he has his own. He's Tom Clancy games. Yeah, yeah. The Splinter Cell, Ghost Recon, a whole bunch of games that are based on Tom Clancy. They just haven't... Is it Rainbow Six as well? Isn't yet. Rainbow Six Tom Clancy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, yeah, I am definitely looking forward to that. I'll be ch checking that out um, this weekend and hopefully get a spoiler-free review for you guys. And yeah, we have a whole bunch of spoiler-free reviews coming up. We have one coming up for um, Support the Girls starring Regina Hall. We spoke about that on a previous Bunch of Trailers podcast. And it's a movie that we were both looking forward to. So uh, we'll definitely be record recording a spoiler-free review. So look out for that between now and next week. Travis, you had homework. Did you do your homework? No. <laughs> I gave you one job, Travis. One job, I know, Dave. You gave me one job, and I totally fucked it up. And now, and now, look at me. Now look, you look at me. Bad. Now you look bad. But you know whose fault it was? It was Shane. It was Shane's fault. Damn it, it Shane. Shane didn't make me watch it. So damn it, Shane. Make Dave, me watch I am it. I I am humbly very disappointed within myself because I had even asked you like, is it on? Is it on Prima? <laughs> it was on Prima, and uh, and uh, and I just didn't watch it. I'm horrible, but you know what? I have nothing to do this morning, so I, I could do it. Definitely check it out, hundred percent. You will love okay. it. And then well, now you have watching? now you have to watch Cabin in the Woods as well too. So I like, know you have double homework. Double homework. Yeah. Uh, what am I watching? Uh, I'm doing, Dave. I'm such a boob. I'm just rewatching stuff. I'm rewatching like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, you boob. Oh, but I I, I started the. I kind of got on a small binge of the Goldbergs. I love the Goldbergs. I've been telling you about the Goldbergs. You have been telling me about yes, the Goldbergs. It's a Philly Philly series. It is. It's very funny. It's so hilarious. I love the Goldbergs. My wife and I watch that religiously. He's uh Jeff Garland is fantastic. I'm glad you're on it. I'm so yeah. happy. Well, they I got someone I, I'm on Hulu now, which yeah. opens up a whole array of things. <laughs> they did an episode when um Philly won the um Super Bowl. So hilarious. Oh, so gosh, okay. I gotta, I'm gonna just skip to that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to. Otherwise, I've also, been doing—I don't know—I've been doing like random YouTube clips, listening to pod. Yeah. I'm on a lot of podcasts right now. Just doing your research. A bunch of different podcasts, a lot of history things, political things. Um, speaking of podcasts, I'll have to give the name of it. Uh, there's a podcast out now from one of the stars of the movie Jaws, and he goes through his entire uh, the entire making of it. And nice. kind of, you know, because at the time for for those younger heads, uh, Jaws basically broke the studio bank. Yep. They made a huge bet that this movie, which could arguably be the you know one of the original blockbusters, it was the first blockbuster, first summer blockbuster. Yep. Um, you know, and we take it for granted now that we can dump in a billion dollars into the Avengers and people will go watch it, but. At the time, dumping in only a couple million at the studio's heights uh, was a risk. And so this is kind of his take. And I, I can't recall the actor's name. It's not Steven, uh, so it's not the director. But it could be an interesting look for those movie history buffs who mm. really love these special features. It's uh, a multi-part podcast. So if you're cleaning the apartment, going on a walk, jog, all that stuff, give it a listen. After you've listened to all our podcasts, of course. After you've listened to all the Dirty Bunch podcasts. I mean, come on. There's, there's uh, precedent set here. you got to listen to us. Um, and there's a lot out there. The news particularly, Dave, I've been listening to the Nerdy Bunch news and have been uh, have been vehemently enjoying listening have, have to you, you been play, and Mercedes and Mike. Have you been playing along with our 20 questions? I have not been playing along <laughs> to your 20 questions. Um, what was I going to say? This coming, Travis... It's that time yes. of the year. It's that time of the year. Oh, God. It's video game season. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this coming week, we have the new PS4 Spider-Man game coming out. It's going to take over my life. I'm not someone God who buys you. every video game as they come out, but there's certain games I must get, and uh, Spider-Man might be might take over my life, Travis. Might yeah, just do that. You, you gotta, you know, as you with great power comes great responsibility. Dave. <laughs> I don't want the responsibility though. You don't. I just and want the great power. If I had one option, if Gene was like, "What do you want to do?" It'd be like, "All right, I want the games now, but I want the responsibility of my middle school years." Yes, exactly. Where I can just sacrifice an entire weekend playing just nothing to play but Call of Duty. It's like this is like a what twelve to twenty hour game. It'll probably take me six months to finish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a different time. It's one of the best memes I saw on the internet was like with all you know with the fragile millennial snowflakes that are coming out now they wouldn't have been able to stand five minutes on xbox live chat back in the day (laughs) it's so true listening to five-year-olds call you obscure slurs and racists and and stuff like that and so many things so many things so i hey video game season is my season i think you know what i'm gonna get i'm getting the red dead in October. Nice, nice, nice. And that will... But I want to get Spider-Man too. Man, come on. <laughs> and then not too long we got for the Switch, we got Smash Brothers coming. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If I, You know, at one point I thought, Trav, you're going to be a responsible adult. You're going to start a company. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I need everything to come out on the Nintendo Switch. You know, I keep pushing for it. Oh, my just gosh. Ain't that the truth? I can play it everywhere. I'm not tethered to my TV taking a shit. Play, you know, play for ten minutes on the train. And play for this, 10 minutes. that is completely psychological too. Like I have been, I haven't been feverently playing Zelda. Yeah, because I know it's there. Yeah, I'm not gonna hop back on. But yeah. I, I played like I just don't know what it is. But it's like I had to play Sh- uh, Shadows of Mordor and God of War like relentlessly, hmm. so I could just be done with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just be done with it. It's like, oh god. Whereas I feel like on the Switch, you know, you know, I take my time. I don't mind taking the time to play it and really get into it. You know, and ironically, you end up spending more time on the Switch, even though you're not focused to spend time on it, because it's like it's got that pick up and play nature to it. You know, sometimes I'll be editing and I have like ten minutes of rendering time, so I'm like, all right, I got ten minutes. Pick up the Switch, play at the computer. Oh, rendering is finished. Put it down. Keep going. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have to dedicate time to it so much as my PlayStation or my wife would be watching one of her random shows on TV. So I'm like, all right, I'll play on my Switch while she's watching. You know, like, there's there's options, you know. If I had my way, everything would be released for Switch if it was powerful enough. But uh, I agree. I'm really going, I'm wondering if I want to get FIFA on the Switch. Oh, I might get on the Switch this year. I might yeah, just. We'll see We'll see what the reviews are like. If it's not like a, a botched version. You know, last year's version was a botched version of of the console, other consoles version. But if this year they step it up and it's, you know, just as good, I'm good. I'll, I'll play it. Yeah, goddamn! I'd play FIFA on the Switch in a yeah. second. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah, well, there's a tangent for you. <laughs> no, we also we mentioned recommendations, and uh, it's we did important. we These did recommendations. and uh, and guys, don't forget check out all the other things that we've got. We've got news, spoiler free, spoiler reviews, rooftop chats. Uh, we're on all the Instagrams. Follow us, like, subscribe, share, and say and 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 again, if you see Shane out, say hi to Shane. Say hi to Shane. You know, tell, tell him hi. Give him a hug. Say he it. just moved to a new apartment. He feels lonely. Well, not really lonely. He's with other people. But you know what I mean. Just say hello. Yeah. Even hi if Shane. it's not Shane, just go up to someone and say hi, Shane. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you find him. 
or a Shane. Like any anybody sitting in a cafe on a computer, it may it may be Shane. Just like, are you Shane? The editing bunch trades. <laughs> we are Shane. Donka Shane. And scene. <laughs> guys, remember, David, we'll do the honors. Keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy. Peace.